0: Turn into Galatians with me. We have a lot to cover this morning, and there's even more to cover in your bulletin. Uh, I have uh, two extra handouts in there, uh, and it's, it's just it's your summer reading project is, is what it is. And so I, I think you'll really appreciate as you go through those things. One of those handouts, it's uh, the blue, two blue circles that is uh, uh, talking about who you were in Adam and in the flesh, and now it also talks about who you are now in Christ and in the Spirit. And so that's a very helpful um, uh, uh, handout. And those two circles, I think, are really kind of make it, it, it makes it really clear to me at least um, just the new persons we have become in, in Christ. And so, the other handout uh, on one side is the definitions of the fruit of the Spirit and the deeds of the flesh. That's uh, what we're going to be looking at today. And also on the other side is Scrat or Ekrat. That is, uh, that's how, what I use to kind of assure myself or remind myself of who I am in the Spirit and uh, that I want to walk in His strength. So, that's been very helpful to me uh, through the through the years. So, um uh, use those as you see fit. But what I'd like for you to do is just grab the uh, normal handout that we have on the front and back, the small, you know, the half page that's that's filled both sides. It talks about the Galatians 5, verses uh, 16 through, through 24 that we're going to be looking at today. And, uh, Lord, I too just pray for our, uh, I pray for the Vacation Bible School that's coming up. I, I pray for the uh, junior high kids as they go to camp. As we know, many, many solid decisions, many of us can trace back decisions we made at a camp or at Vacation Bible School that, that we still uh, remember making to, today. And uh, so may, uh, may the kids that come this week, may they be loved by our teachers, by the leaders, by those who are helping May uh, may they see Jesus in those that are are serving them this week, and so we pray for everybody involved, just that it would be a really special week for each each person that that uh, comes and uh, serves or is served, and so uh, thanks that we can pray about that. I, I pray for uh, just all that's going on in our church and and in our community. I pray for Dave and Lori, and so I just uh, I, I pray for her and Dave as they go through this time. Um, we uh, thank you that we can pray ab- for people and, and about all things. And I just just pray for them. Pray for Eric and Laura as they uh, move back to Virginia. And uh, so Lord, there's a, we're a body in transition right now. And so just uh, thank you for the, the impact that, uh, that that family, the Schmidt's have had in our church over the last several years. Uh, we pray that we've impacted them too with your word and your truth and, our, and your love, but uh, they've greatly impacted us. So thank you for, for them and uh, for what they have meant to us. May, they, may we continue to be reminded to pray for them. But Lord, now we, we had the privilege of looking how to walk as the Christian we are, and I just pray that this would have a great impact on our lives. This is, this is so valuable it is so necessary to understand, but it's, it's also so valuable. So um, just thank you for being here with us, and uh, may, we, may we really understand well uh, what this passage teaches and how to apply it. And we pray these things in our Lord Jesus' name, amen. Um, today we're going to be looking at God's method for living the Christian life. Um, we've been seeing that it's not by the flesh, not by our own human strength. It's not by law, certain having certain laws and trying to keep them. That's not the way to experience the Christian life that God has designed us to enjoy. And so today we're going to be looking at how to walk the Christian walk, how to live, what's God's method for living the Christian life. And I'd, I'd like to say, that if you remind yourself of when you became a Christian and how you became a Christian, you remember that you became a Christian by faith in the Jesus who satisfied God's justice on the cross. That's how you became a Christian. You, You accepted and believed in the one who paid the price on the cross for so that we could become right or just with God. That's how you became a Christian. It was by faith in the person and work. It was uh, the work of another. That's how you became a Christian. Well, God has also designed that we walk the same way, by faith. It's a walk of faith. And what God wants us to understand is that just as you became a Christian by faith in the person, Jesus, and his work on the cross, so we walk as Christians by faith in the person, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who came to indwell our bodies when we, became, when we came to know Jesus as Lord. That's one of the great benefits that took place the moment that you became a Christian is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, came to live within our bodies Permanently, He's always there. And and so what He wants us to do and what the Bible teaches we should do is to walk by faith in Him. It, it's so necessary that we grasp that. And, and so uh, today we're going to see again this continued walk of faith. And, and so I'd like for you to look at your handout, if you would, as we are, are uh, beginning Uh, well, we're continuing our our series on how to walk as the Christian we are. And I put on there about the fourth line down. It is impossible to achieve by flesh or by law. The Bible identifies it as a walk of faith. God, here's here's really important truths. God frees us from the impossible demands of the law. The law demands perfection. And we in our own humanity are not capable of living up to its perfect demands. So God frees us from the impossible demands of the law. He frees us from the limitations of the flesh. And number two there, he provides the Holy Spirit to live the Christian life in and through us. That's God's plan. Just as Jesus did all the work on the cross, so the Holy Spirit lives in us to do all the work in us and through us, and our responsibility, our choice that we are to make is to trust Him completely. The Bible talks about walking by the Spirit, that's a command. It talks about being led by the Spirit. It talks about being filled with the Spirit. So you have those those different commands in Scripture that it tells us that the Spirit is to be the one in control. He's to be the one in charge. He's, he's the only one capable of living the Christian life But he'll do that in and through us. So I'd like for us to read uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, uh, uh, and we'll read a little while here. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Again, the flesh is simply our own humanity. It is our own strength. It is even doing our best, but it's never enough. And so it's just us depending on ourselves without depending on God. So that's the flesh. And then he says in verse 17, For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh for these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. In other words, God's given you an obedient heart, a heart that longs to obey your your father. That's that's the kind of heart we Christians have. He's given us that new heart that longs to obey. But if if we try and do it in our own strength, we don't please God. And then he says this amazing thing in verse 18, but if you're led by the Spirit you are not under the law. Get that. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality. That's an interesting word because it means no restraints. You don't care what anybody else thinks about what you're doing. You you even know, you may even know that it's wrong. But there are no restraints in your life. You just give in to whatever feelings you have. You just kind of let, you know, let it all hang out in the sense of, of, of just uh, uh, not caring what God says, what anybody else says, whether it's against the law, you don't care. That's the word sensuality. You're living by your senses. Idolatry, verse 20, idolatry. Sorcery, which is an interesting word. I, I was just hearing, uh, I heard a survey this week about Uh, you know, uh, several different subjects, but one was on the, the recreational marijuana and how it's being so accepted and so many people are are using that now. It's interesting because the word here, sorcery, means drugs mixed with the occult. That's the idea of the word. It's a very serious word. You're opening yourself up when you practice any of these things up, you're opening yourself up to demonic influence, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions. Factions. That means you're trying to line up some people behind yourself, uh, and, and so that you you have a group of people who are you're just dividing into to groups and different ways of thinking and your opinion, trying to get followers for your for your point of view. We see a lot of that in our country today. Um, envy,ing drunkenness, carousing. And things like these, of which I forewarned you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who, and th- there's, this is in the uh, a present tense thing, that those who continually practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If this is a person's lifestyle, if this is all you see from a person, then that person is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things, there is no law. And so, God lets us know when we're walking by the Spirit, you'll see His fruit. And he lets us know when we're trying to do maybe even the right thing, but still trying to do it in our flesh. And there you will see the deeds of the flesh that it talks about here. Plus, there are many more. If you read that, uh, that handout I gave you on the, 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 with the two blue circles there, I, I give a lot of the deeds of the flesh, not just from the, this Galatians passage, but from other passages too. Um, so, he, he gives us uh, uh, tests or guidelines. We, we can be assured that we're walking by the Spirit when we see his fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, you know, gentleness, uh, uh, self control. When you, when you see his fruit there. Verse 24, look at this. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If or since we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, that means to fall off the path. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual or spirit-filled, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, so that you too will not be tempted." bear one another's burdens, and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Now, we're going to look at verse 25 of chapter 5 through chapter 6, uh, verse 10, next week. But I just wanted to get those verses because he continues to let us know when we are walking by the Spirit, this is the kind of life you're going to see. This is the kind of a walk. These are the kind of deeds that you're going to see displayed when you're walking in the spirit string. And he also gives us what it's going to look like when we walk, attempt to walk by the flesh. Maybe even trying to do God's things. Maybe even trying to keep God's laws. But that's that still, we can't do that. So we, we're not under the law anymore. And we've, we, we have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. God has done everything necessary and wonderful so that we can walk in a way that is pleasing to Him. That's just incredible. I hope we grasp that. I hope we grasp that. Let's look at some notes there, and I'd like for you to just start on your your handout there, um, because I I, I want to make several points from that. It says there, walk by the Spirit, and you won't carry out the desire of the flesh. That is a guarantee. If you walk by the Spirit, you won't carry out the strong desire of the flesh. That's a guarantee. And then I put, operating by the flesh is a human being limited to his or her own resources without God being part of the picture. These unredeemed bodies where sin still dwells, and this is what I want us to get on on the flesh. This is the way I define the flesh. The flesh is, is our unredeemed bodies where sin still dwells. It is relying on those unredeemed bodies where sin still dwells to try and live even the Christian life. But that's what the flesh is. And I put here these unredeemed bodies where sin still dwells are incapable of living God-pleasing lives. That is so clear over in Romans chapter 8. It says there that the flesh doesn't, it doesn't desire to please God. It's not even capable of pleasing God. Please give up trying to live the Christian life in your own strength. It's a good desire. You know, it's the way I was brought up. Try harder, try harder, try harder. That's not God's way. That's the flesh. And he says the flesh has been crucified and God has given us his spirit so that we, when we walk by the spirit, we won't give in to the desires of the flesh. But These unredeemed bodies where sin still dwells are incapable of living God-pleasing lives. And another thing I want us to notice is the flesh can't improve. It doesn't get better. You think, well, you know, as time passes, maybe I'll get it tamed a little bit better. No, it doesn't. It doesn't improve. It can't improve. It is not pleasing to God. It'll never be pleasing to God. You can't go through a self-improvement program to make it work. You can't make the flesh behave. Only the spirit can live a God-pleasing life. And the other thing I want us to understand, and that is that the flesh is not your nature. Your nature is your identity. It's who you are in your human spirit. The Bible says when you became a Christian, Jesus came to live in your spirit. And he made our spirits alive, spiritually alive. He made us his new creation. That's our identity. That's our nature. And the flesh is not your nature. Now, I understand there are several translations or paraphrases out there today. The New Living Translation, the NIV, used to translate it sinful nature. It's an atrocious interpretation. It's not a translation of the word. It's an interpretation, and it's wrong because our natures and our flesh are different. Our natures became new. We became new in Jesus Christ. That's who we are now. We've seen in this, just in this, you know, in Galatians, we are sons of God. We belong to Christ. We're part of Christ's one body. We're clothed with Christ. We are heirs of God. You just see that. And then you look other places, and the Bible says we have been made saints. And the Bible indicates that we have, you know, that, that we have become God's new creation, someone that never existed before. And so we need to understand who we are in our nature. And those two circles there that you have, uh, those explain that. But when you became a Christian, you became this new person in Jesus Christ. That's who you are. But these these bodies of ours, they are the container. These unredeemed bodies where sin still dwells are still the container. That's the reason I've always said we are new people in an old suit. The suit didn't change when you became a Christian. You changed... But your suit didn't change, and so our flesh still has these desires, trying to make us think we can live the Christian life on our own, or trying to think you can't live the Christian life, and you're not even capable, your flesh isn't even capable of living the Christian life. And that's a true statement, by the way. But understand, you became this new person in Jesus Christ when you came to know Him, but we still live in these unredeemed bodies. And so we need to walk by the Spirit. That's the reason God placed the Spirit. Jesus lives in our spirits, but he, God placed the Holy Spirit in these bodies of flesh so that when we walk by the Spirit, we will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Do you, do you get that? I mean, it's, it's really important to understand. I mean, it's vital to understand. So I, I put there the, the, you know, your, uh, our, our nature here. The flesh is not our nature. I wrote on your hand out there in, in bold: When you walk in His strength, you will definitely not exclamation mark carry out or fulfill the desire of the flesh. This doesn't mean there won't be temptations. It doesn't mean that you won't still have that the flesh won't have desires. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that there won't be you know that you won't have strong desires of any kind. It just means that the Holy Spirit makes possible walking in victory over these. Fleshly desires. And I'd like to make another point. At any one time, you're either walking by the Spirit or you're walking by the flesh. Please get that. You're either walking in the Spirit's strength. You're either strengthened with power by the Spirit or you are walking by the flesh. There's not a, a mix there. And it's important to grasp that, that, uh, that uh, you know, sometimes people say, well, I need more of the Spirit. I yearn for more of the Spirit. That is not a biblical term there. You, either, you always, as a Christian, you always have the Holy Spirit indwelling your body. He doesn't come and go. <laughs> He's always there. But we're not always filled with Him. We're not always walking in his strength. And, that, and that's what he's trying to communicate here that uh, please understand here that, that uh, you, you're the only way to not carry out the desire or the desires, the cravings or the urges of the flesh, and I encourage you to know what your flesh patterns are. I have four of them mainly that I deal with. They're the same four that I dealt with when I was a teenager. So 10 years ago, I was still dealing... <laughs> What? Lying is not one of them. Lying is not one of my flesh patterns. I just want you to know I'm not... (laughs) But they are still... Those those flesh patterns that I struggled with when I was a teenager are the same ones that I still struggle with today. You know, self-pity is one of mine. You know, I want to make people feel sorry for me. When I'm feeling sorry for myself, I want to make pe- other people make so- feel sorry for me too. So I go on this recruiting program. i feel sorry along with me. But, but it's sin. It's sin. It's self-pity. Self-pity. It has nothing to do with God. But when I walk in the spirit strength, I have victory over that flesh pattern. Pride. You know, kind of somehow thinking that maybe you know more. You know, you're. Uh, I, I don't. It's a, It's a, it's, a, it's an awful sin. But but pride uh, is is another flesh pattern that I I deal with. And so uh, you know, I, well, I don't struggle with that. What that person over there is struggling with, my land. What's the pattern with him? Um, that's just an evidence of pride. And and again, when I walk in the spirit strength instead of by the flesh. I have victory over that. Worry. The word worry means to be drawn in two different directions. Eventually, if you continue to worry and be drawn in two different directions, eventually you'll snap. And I struggle with that in my flesh. That's one of my flesh patterns. Um, and so, but when I walk by the Spirit, I don't see the worry. I find I can hand those over to the Lord. I not, not be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. I let my request be made known to God. When I when I when I do it His way, I find I have victory over those flesh patterns. I had no idea how to have victory over the, my flesh patterns back when I was a teenager. I probably didn't. Most of my twenties, I had no idea. I wasn't taught it in seminary. Wasn't taught how to walk in victory. Uh, boy Um, so uh, this this is liberating truth liberating truth Um, verse 17 what's going on between our inadequate flesh and the indwelling spirit of God they're in opposition it literally means they're at war with one another It's a constant warfare going on. Holy Spirit who lives within this fleshly body, mind, and the flesh which has its desires apart from God, they're constantly at war with one another. So am I going to walk by the Spirit or am I going to walk by the flesh? And then verse 18. I don't know if you (laughs) heard this when I read it. If you're led by the Spirit... You're not under the law. The law is what we've been dealing with. These legalistic Jews that come in and trying to make, put the Christians back under law, trying to put the males back under circumcision, and you've got to obey the law, and you know the law. We've got better laws, and we need to follow God's laws, and, and you can do it here. You, you guys need to follow it, And If you fail, then you, you aren't as good as we are. And so they were trying to put them back under the law. But the Bible says when we're led by the Spirit, we're not under the law. We're not. And over in Romans chapter 7, the first six verses say we have been freed from the law. We've been released from that by which we were bound. As a Christian, you're not under the law because you have this intimate relationship with God as our Father, Jesus as your Lord, and the Holy Spirit as your helper. Incredible truth. Incredible truth. And you know what? When you know God as your Father, you don't want to displease Him. You don't want to go out. I remember my mom and dad, I had a great mom and dad. I did not want to disobey them. I did not want to not please them. I wanted to please my mom and dad because of the relationship we had. Not because I had to, because I wanted to. And that's the way it is with our father. Verse 18 On your handout, life by the Spirit is neither lawlessness nor legalism. The Christian life is an adventure filled with God, led by Him. All the law can do with the flesh and sin is stir them up. The Spirit is the only one who can fulfill the law's requirements. Now, look at the example that I have down there. And let's say whatever your flesh pattern is... um, I was going to say self-pity or pride there, but I didn't want to direct this to me. I wanted to direct it toward you. I don't really struggle with the flesh pattern of anger, but I know one of you does. I'm not going to point out who that person is. Probably a lot of you are feeling guilty right now. No, I don't even know what your flesh patterns are. By the way, I told Josh when our question today when I was going to say, Josh, ask, you know, ask another, or tell another person what your flesh pattern is. But probably it would have been silent in the church here because of embarrassment. But uh, I asked that of a men's group one time. Okay, guys, let's go. And this is a group that I meet with on a weekly basis. And I asked them, okay, what's your flesh pattern? We went through these deeds of the flesh. And what's your flesh pattern? You know, every one of them knew what it was. And I said, if you don't know what it is, ask your wife, because she knows what it is. We all have flesh patterns. We do. I call them flesh patterns. That's just the areas where you're tempted by the flesh. But let's say you have a flesh pattern of responding in anger. Now, don't confuse your new identity, you know, your new nature, uh, that you're a son of God. Don't confuse that with your flesh. But somebody has crossed you or things haven't gone the way you wanted them to. When your fleshly desire is triggered, your flesh wants to lash out with angry words and or angry behavior. You feel angry. In other words, your feeler is stuck at a 10. You're really feeling angry. Your flesh, not your nature, is encouraging you to follow up on that anger that's just the way you feel at that moment but as a new person in Christ this is your moment of choice there's a choice that you have at this moment I put there either you try in your own strength to keep the law which is legalism the scripture says you know I won't be angry don't be angry no no don't commit sinful anger So legalism says, I won't be angry anymore. Or another option is you let your anger all hang out, which is lawlessness, which is license. Or for the Christian, there's this wonderful third alternative. You are strengthened with power through the indwelling Holy Spirit. This is the alternative that only Christians have. But it's the way God designed us to live, to live the Christian life. That you are strengthened with power through the indwelling Holy Spirit. And you might pray these words here. You might even memorize this prayer because it's a good prayer. Spirit, you are the only source of self-control. Life, joy, patience, love. I can't do it by my flesh. I've presented my body, my flesh to you. Here I am again, realizing my need. I want to walk in your strength. I want to live a life that's pleasing to you. I want to be filled with you. And then this is an important step here. And I will assume, I will believe, that you are living the life of Jesus through me as I go on to make choices I know are in line with your word until you... Let me know differently and let me share with you, He will. And so you pray, Spirit, Holy Spirit, I realize you live within this body of mine. Thank you for living there. I've got this strong desire right now, and I realize it's a desire of the flesh. I want to feel sorry for myself. And I realize that's not of you. That's not the walk of the Christian. And so, Holy Spirit, thank you for living inside me. I, I, I want to walk in your strength. I want to be filled with you. I, I, want to, I want to walk in your strength and power because then the life of Jesus will be seen in and through me. So, Holy Spirit, I give myself to you and I will assume that, that I am living, walking the Christian walk until you let me know differently. And thank you that you will because that's your ten, tender nudge there letting me realize I'm trying to do th- your, <laughs> the right things in my own strength. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for living in me. Thank you for being my, my comforter, my encourager, my helper. Thank you for being whatever I need. Thank you that you're the only one capable of living out the life of Jesus. But you'll do that in me and through me. And so Jesus gets the credit. That's my prayer. And I pray that's what you do when you are tempted. Now in Galatians... um, Verses 19 through 21, we have described the fleshly, loveless walk. And when you see, and let me say this, can a Christian walk by the flesh? And the answer is yes, as long as we still live in these unredeemed bodies. That's the reason these physical bodies need to die. And they will someday. For some of us, the time is short. For others, of us, it's going to be a long time. But these unredeemed bodies where sin still dwells, the Bible says we groan looking forward to our redeemed bodies. And I think the older you get, the more you groan. The more we anticipate this wonderful new body that we're going to receive when we are with our Lord. But these bodies are physically dying, rightly so. Uh, um, so, so uh, uh, can the Christian walk by the flesh? The answer is yes. But all that is for the Christian is an indication that you're not walking in the Spirit's strength at that moment. That's all it is. God's not on your case. He's simply living within us and letting you know you're not walking in my strength right now. And I know you want to, Joel. Joel. And so I'm letting you know you aren't right now. So let's go. Let's confess the sin here. The self-pity. God, I agree with you that that was wrong. Thank you for revealing that to me. I agree with you that that was that was wrong. And if I practiced it, that I confess that that was wrong. Thank you for making me a new person in Christ and in you. You know, you Father. Thank you for the new person I am. Holy Spirit. I want to walk in your strength. So you just you just go through that. That's what that one handout. The handout is the Ekrat or the scratch. Search me, O God. I, I confess any known sin. I review who I am in Christ in the Spirit. I, I I allow the Holy Spirit to to fill me. I want to walk in His strength, and I I ask Him to do that. And, and um, and thank you for doing all that in my life. You're a great God. So uh, I really want us to do that. But what you have there in in verses 5 through nine, or chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, are the deeds of the flesh. And we're not going to go through all, you know, uh, um, not going to go through those because I kind of explained several of those as we were going through them. I have them listed on your handout there. I hope you'll go back. And I put there, if you turn over to page 2 of 2, uh, under, you know, the first paragraph is, uh, well, I want you to go to the second paragraph where it says 21c, verse 21c, this list, list is not exhaustive. And those who continually practice such sins give evidence of having never known Jesus as Lord and received God's Spirit. So can a Christian commit any of these fleshly deeds? Yes, but for the Christian, the deeds of the flesh are proof that you're not walking by God's Spirit at that moment. Just deal with it. You don't have to go through a whole, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, feeling sorry and everything for and ashamed of it. Of course, you're ashamed of it, but deal with it and go on. Don't kind of wallow. You know, in, well, I'm so guilty and I'm so ashamed and I'm so miserable and all of this other stuff. And there's some people think that somehow if I wallow in this for a couple of weeks, it'll make me better with God. That's ridiculous thinking. If a child, as they're learning to walk, if they fall down, you don't say, oh, you just wallow because you fell down again. You wallow in that for a couple of weeks and then we'll try it again. Now you say, hey, Come on, let's get up and walk. Let's continue learning how to walk. Do it immediately. The other thing in verses 22 and 23 the fruit of the Spirit is evident, it's His produce. (laughs) It's, a, it's, a, it's produce, it's one, you know, it's, it's a singular word, it's fruit, it's, it contains all kinds of fruit, but you see what the fruit is there, and I, I put there uh, down where the uh, 22B there, seek, uh, you know, it's a choice that we make to be filled with the Spirit or walk in the Spirit at this moment, but what you're going to find yourself doing is seeking somebody else's highest good. You're going to be seeking God's will for them. You're gonna find this deep, abiding, inner rejoicing and delight in God alone. You're gonna be experiencing a good sense of wholeness and contentment. You're gonna be long-tempered. It means doesn't, you know, it's patient there. Doesn't it's long-tempered. You don't retaliate or you're not revengeful. You're gonna be considerate, actively showing mercy. There's gonna be this readiness, you're always ready to do the good. You find yourself having many opportunities to practice that. You're going to be trustworthy and reliable. You're going to find yourself controlled by the Holy Spirit. It's spirit-controlled strength. It's a mature, godly approach to life. There are so many people that say, well, when I get control of myself in that area, maybe I'll consider this Jesus. They'll never get there. Because self-control, and understand that as a Christian, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not something your flesh can produce. And then in verse 24, Christians have crucified the flesh. Oh, my land. <laughs> it's a mindset. I have crucified the flesh. I'm no longer on the law, under the law. I am a new person in Christ. I have this freedom in Christ. And by the Spirit, I can live a life that is pleasing to God himself. We who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions, or its bents and desires. It's been crucified, and we owe it nothing. So realize what happened at the moment of conversion there. We not only received the Holy Spirit, but you crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So look at the conclusion with me here. The Holy Spirit's filling enables us to love the unlovely, have joy in the midst of any circumstance. Oh, my land. Be at peace when events could cause worry. That's, that's for me, Joel. Uh, be patient when someone is provoking. Be kind, considerate. Be ready to do the good. Be faithful, dependable, reliable. Be gentle. Our bodies, our flesh, under God's control. Christ has set you free. This freedom is made personal when you walk and are led by the Spirit. It's going to show up in your thinking, actions, words, and choices which are showing up in your life as you look at just this passage here, which are showing up in your life, deeds of the flesh or fruit of the Spirit. If you're a Christian and you're only seeing deeds of the flesh, you can learn how to walk in a way that will be victorious and pleasing to God himself. May we experience your life, Father, your life in us, your life through us. It's going to look like Jesus again on earth. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're willing to strengthen us with your power. You're willing to live a life that is pleasing to God the Father through us. May that that be each of our longing. I know it is if we're Christians, but may we see that there's a way to walk in victory over those fleshly desires, those fleshly patterns that perhaps have enslaved us for many years of our lives. I know that was the case with me. Thank you for the freedom I experience in the Spirit. May each of us here have that same experience and walk. And we pray these things in our Lord Jesus' precious name. Amen.